Welcome everyone to episode 3-2 of Retro Encounter, where we talk more about Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, with me is Peter Treisenberg. Stupid time mage, just slowed down my Ramza high. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Marcos Gaspar. Howdy. And Caitlin Ardros. Hey guys. So, how's everybody doing? We're made it to chapters 2 and 3. Peter, you're the new guy, so... What are your thoughts? This game gets... I, I've gotten very, very angry at this game, but I can't stop playing it. <laughs> and so, therefore, I think it's doing something right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's, like, the most honest thing to say about tactics. Like, uh, I got to the first uh, Lukavi fight, and I died so many times. I was getting really mad. I Okay, so I took a step back. Came, came back like an hour later, positioned my units in such a way that I got him to come down the stairs, got him in the corner, and then just fried him with magic, and it felt so good. So is that... Does everybody else kind of do that when they are they get really frustrated, they step away for a little bit? Um, no. I'm stubborn. <laughs> I, I, I get I'm, pissed, I'm, and then I throw myself against the wall and try it again. I'm stubborn too, but eventually, like me hitting my head against a brick wall doesn't result in anything, and I and I need to like, okay, I'm this, I'm not getting anywhere. I need to think this over, and then I come back, and then usually what happens is that I come back to it, and then I beat it on the first try, and I'm like, well, what was I, what was I having trouble with again? <laughs> yeah, for myself, um, on the same boat as uh, Caitlin, uh, I refuse a defeat, so I'm just gonna keep playing until I win. So for me personally, I I'm the type of person. I will go against something until I knock myself out. Um, with the exception of being, if I actually choose to put it down, it's something I'm not going to come back to for six months to a year, which obviously does not work for this podcast. Uh, I, I think people would be very confused if next year I was talking about tactics instead of whatever we were playing at the time. Um, so yeah, for me, I just keep I just keep going through it, um, which has been kind of terrible some regards because i've been playing this a lot uh in bed right before i go to sleep and so i will all of a sudden it'll be four o'clock in the morning and i'm like oh yeah probably probably should stop so but that's tactics <laughs> so what about you marcos How, how's it everything going like i said in the, the first episode i'm i'm already uh very far into the game uh but Generally, um, I mean, I have that same problem too. I usually play until four, three a.m. in the morning. Uh, it's a bad idea. I don't recommend it. <laughs> it makes it makes work the next day really hard. Yeah, it makes it unbearable. Like the game sometimes. Oh, I'm super lucky. I play when I'm at work. <sighs> You're the worst. Yes. Oh, I have so much downtime. Oh, I like to play tactics. It's one of the many reasons why I can't wait to go back to school. See, and this this originally was I, I played this through school, so I would I was in differential equations, I think, when I played through this. So the math involved with critical hits and spells was much more interesting than any math I was doing in class. <laughs> well, like for for me at when at school, I work in um 
student calling. So I'm I'm the, I'm the annoying guy who calls prospective students and is like, "Hey, you guys want to come to our school?" No, great, click. But um, what a thankless my, job. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's but there's a, the nice thing about it is that there's a ton of downtime because half of it is just dial tones, and my boss is really laid back. So half the time I'm either playing games or doing homework. That is really and, nice. Speaking of which, on on the most recent retro random encounter, uh, Stephen mentioned that I sound like Ben Wyatt from Parks and Rec. The reason I don't know wh- how he sounds is because the only time I've watched Parks and Rec was when it was muted at work. Well, that makes no sense at all. So why why yeah. why would you watch it like that? Because because my boss puts Netflix on. That just seems so that he, seems like so, the worst punishment. Like, hey, here's this really hilarious show. We're gonna have it on the background, but you're not gonna hear a single joke. I mean, I'm not complaining because I've, I've, I've thanks to this, I've watched more New Girl than I ever wanted to do in my life. Oh. Was oh. it muted New Girl though? So I'm not yes, sure if that counts. <laughs> I only, I only, I only was looking at Zoe Deschanel and crew and not hearing them, and reading there. You don't have to he- hear how she sings every word that she speaks. <sighs> and on that note, Caitlin, what are you thinking of the game? What do you think of Zoe Deschanel? What? <laughs> no, not Zoe Deschanel. Um, I am thinking that I'm still getting my butt kicked in fights that I have played a bunch of times, and I'm having to wrap my head around new ways to get past them. I think I approached some fights uh, pretty underleveled because I was trying to blast through the story and it doesn't always work that well. Certain fights, like the last fight in Orban, I had to try a couple times because I was getting one-shotted. But having said that, I think one of the things I love about this game is that you don't necessarily have to be on par with the story battles to to own them, to beat them. There's so many different ways to use your skills that you could be under-leveled and still be fine. You could be over-leveled and still have a challenge. Um, and the random battles can be just as annoying as the story ones. So I, I've, I'm on the exact opposite spectrum of that. I'm super, super over-leveled. Uh, I think I finished Chapter 1 at, and I was like level 26. Um, I basically just move back and forth between two places until it does a random encounter and then I I cheat and put it on AI on Berserk and I have my people grind out. <laughs> what See, that's interesting. Reminds, that's what interesting. Should... I never use the AI in this game, ever. It, it's really terrible. I bet. It makes the worst decisions. <laughs> Just like the enemy sometimes? No, the enemies are still smarter. <laughs> I think I, I think the AI the AI in tactics at least for the enemies literally cheats because it can because it can see when certain things are going to land and you can't. Well, what about the AI for uh, guest characters that you have to protect, like Mustadio if you choose to protect him, or uh, Rafa um, in like the last story mission where they. You lose if they die, but they go suicidal and they put themselves right in the middle of a bunch of guys and you can't get to them. And it's yeah, like, I like be, dude! I wouldn't be surprised if that was an intentional design design decision. Yeah, I think it kind of was. As stupid <laughs> wait, as wait, that wait. sounds. People normally don't throw themselves into Death's hand? 
Well, because they, they do such a good job with... I can never pronounce her name. Olivia? Ovelia? Uh, sure, yeah. Sorry, I, I can't... We, at this point, we're like, what, nine episodes deep? Everybody understands I can't pronounce anything. <laughs> I mean, Ovelia, she like buffs herself. And she buffs herself and she hides... Which, first of all, I don't understand how she hides in a waterfall. We'll ignore that for now. But <laughs> she's really smart. <laughs> she gets out of there. She buffs herself. Nobody can touch her. She is safe and fine. So, based off of that, whether or not that's just kind of like almost a glitch for that battle specifically, I feel like they're smart enough to understand I should run away. And knowing how the like, there's four or five presets, it's Defender, Healer, Berserker, and Coward. If you, They should set all of those people to Coward. And I, I don't think they do that for some of those for some of those battles, like we were saying. So I, I think it was a conscious decision for them to make them idiots. <laughs> Which you can say that's a terrible decision, and, I, and I'd absolutely agree with that. Um, but I do think it was a design decision. You think that makes sense to me. Maybe they were channeling a little space balls so that Ramsey could say, "I knew it." I'm sure. Well, the joke is a, is a naughty word, but re- replace it with idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I'm surrounded by idiots. Yeah, I, you know, you know, um, so kind of we're getting back to where our first initial thoughts. I, and I'm not doing this to be controversial. I am not overly enjoying my playthrough this time. Oh. Yeah. That's a shame. So all, all of you who laughed at me. On the last podcast, when I said I've chosen never to return to this so it wouldn't get tarnished, screw you guys. Um, Sorry for ruining your cherished memories. <laughs> Crap, my, my summoner just got a move. Retro encounter ruined my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> so, and part of it's my own doing. It, 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 it is my own fault. Like I said, I, I will sit there and, and what I've been doing is I've been working on homework and I'll set it next to me. I'll go into random and I'll set them all to berserk and I'll fight and I'll level them all up and I have baller characters um, which is awesome uh, the downfall is when you are like a level 20 person you're going up a level, against a level 4 that that doesn't go well um, so and, I, and I've for the most part stayed about 15 levels above whatever the story is that wait uh Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. Are you saying that you intentionally overleveled yourself and then you're talking about how it's not fun to, to play overleveled? Yeah, it's, it, I, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So that was that was on me. I'll, I'll fully I'll fully admit to that. Um, and so it's kind of like that perfect storm of me screwing up because like we talked about before, I. Uh, primary reason I, I enjoyed it through so much the first time through was me struggling. Like I felt like I was being repeatedly kicked in the balls the entire way through. And so every little thing that I did right, it was this massive victory to me. Uh, and that's that's completely not there this time. Uh, and rushing to get to the point that I was done this time through, it helped a little bit because I wasn't... You, I obviously saw as it went on that I was progressively less leveled, over leveled. Um, but still I was I was coasting through most stuff. Uh, so I, I get most of that's my fault. Still at the end of the day though, no matter what I can say about the gameplay, that story I absolutely love. 
Yeah, so let's let's talk about the story in chapters two and three because I find it's kind of interesting the direction the plot takes. Because chapter one is very it's just a sort of you know political uh, have versus have nots. There's some things going on with the royal family and people trying to be kings. Kind of feels very Game of Thronesy. And then they bring in the Zodiac Brave story and the stones and people are turning into monsters and oh my god the church is trying to be you know, the rulers of the world, and what do you guys think about that sort of shift in focus? New guy. Go for it. Yeah, new guy. Ah, spotlight. <laughs> Put, putting the game down for a second. Um, uh, maybe it's because it, maybe it's because I knew it was coming, but it, but so it didn't catch me off guard quite as much. But as I as I thought about it, it does kind of it does kind of seem like there it's there because. They need good boss fights. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. Like, I think the lore is interesting, and the way it's presented is kind of cool. But for, from a game, from a gameplay standpoint, and even even kind of from a main plot standpoint, it's kind of like, oh yeah, now there are these magic stones that turn people into overweight demonic Donald Trump, and we're gonna. <laughs> okay, that's that's the name of the episode right there. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, it's too bad we go boring with the names. Oh, three, two, Final Fantasy Tactics. <laughs> that would for sure be the name. Wow. Maybe we should put them in the episode description or something. I don't know. Ah, uh, that that's fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. My <laughs> best. <laughs> uh, so I actually I I love that the story's like that, personally, uh, which is, I think I'm the only one that kind of falls on that. Question mark? I don't, I don't. I like it fine. I'm not saying I don't like the story. I just I find it interesting that they kind of had to fall back on that. Oh, an ancient demonic evils, the ultimate bad guy. It, they couldn't just keep it a political story. They had to throw in some sort of supernatural hook, which of course you know it's Final Fantasy does it all the time. But I don't know. I I, I can. I'm kind of torn. So. Two things first, like that immediately popped to my mind. When you're explaining the whole overarching everything, the first thing you grabbed onto was Game of Thrones, um, which anybody that's watched more than a couple episodes of Game of Thrones realized there's some crazy shenanigans in that show. I mean, yeah, definitely. You have dragons, you have witches, you have zombies. Just to not even like, we'll just quickly gloss over everything. And so even they go well beyond just normal human-human interaction. Um, and then you tie that to the fact that it, it is a Final Fantasy game. This isn't Final Life Tactics. This is Final Fantasy Tactics. And so the, I, I think to play onto that it's actually a fantasy thing, they had to include it. And then if you look at the natural progression of it, I think they do a very, very good job of spacing everything out. So you go a chapter and a half, basically, of this political intrigue and right when it's possibly either getting a little bit overdone, complex, boring, whatever you want to classify that as, they throw in this little bit of spice. And then it goes away, and they do some more politics, spice. And then they go crazy with it. And then they pull it back again. And I think they do a very good job of alternating it to always keep you on your toes, but also never go too much with it. And so I, I think they do a very good job of keeping it kind of well-rounded. See, I personally think the balance is off because once you lose Ovelia, 
all the politicking stuff becomes side scenes that you're not involved in. It's seeing uh, Goltana, um, you know, meet with Sid and Elmdor. It's seeing what Delita and Aurelia are doing that you have nothing to do with. Once you lose Aurelia and once Alma gets kidnapped, Ramza's goal is full-blown rescue Alma, take down these church mofos, and stop the Zodiac Brave stuff. It doesn't really ever... Your perspective as the main character doesn't really ever shift back to the political side of things. In that respect, it's it's kind of like Final Fantasy XII a bit, where uh, a lot of the political stuff is happening in the background with Vane and the others, whereas Vaughn and company are more on the whole save the world, get the uh, from the evil empire, get the magic thing storyline. I know! Yeah, but, but, Almost like they were made, or part of them were made by the same guy. I know, right? I wonder. Crazy. And and again, I I like that. I feel I like that. Ramza's I mean, he's the main character, but he's not the hero per se. He's not he's not the main person in the world. There's so much more going on, and a lot of times, I feel like just in games as a whole, or stories, movies, anything, it, 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 whoever you're having that perspective from, the whole world revolves around this person. And I like feeling that I'm a player in it, but I'm not the player. Oh, for sure. And yeah, if we're, and if we're going to keep making the Game of Thrones comparisons, that's another thing that series does really well. And Final Fantasy Tactics doesn't have nearly so many viewpoints being thrown around, but it, it, it does a, a similarly good job with both Ramza and Delita, I think. Yeah, what, do you, what is your, your... I know that you, you know sort of what's going on. I know the general arc. I don't, I don't know details. Okay, Cheated. so what is your opinion of Delita and what's he doing and what is his end goals because it's it's all very nebulous at this point well I don't like his voice actor but <laughs> <laughs> like I think he's I think his his voice actor is worse than Ramza's and he gets more spoken dialogue really I can't stand yeah. Ramza's voice actor I have no problem with either of them I just want to point that out I, I, I think I, think I have to mention Delita is voiced by Robin Atkin Downs, who, like, for instance, if you've played um, any of the recent Miller Solid games, he's uh, Miller. So. Miller. But he sounds, I agree, he does sound, a lot of them sound ha uh, hammy here and bad. To be full spoiler, is he still Miller when he was Liquid? Uh, I don't know. Okay, we'll just keep moving on. I oh I'm I'm not past the true Metal Solid fan. I don't know off the top of my head. I'm ashamed. Does anyone know everything that's going on in that series? I I actually think I'm pretty damn close. I that, okay. yeah. I wasn't meaning to sound snarky there. I'm no, it, <laughs> I, I, it's not one of the best traits of mine. <laughs> but did you play Metal Gear Rising? Yeah, I did. That game was awesome. I've, I've played all those games. I'm extremely excited for the Phantom Pain. I pre-ordered all of those and I get them on the first day and I play them that first day. So, yeah. But um, go, getting back, getting on yeah. pass with Delita, I think... <laughs> I think... <laughs> I think he provides a really interesting foil to Ramza's character in that Ramza is kind of... He's an idealist who finds himself embroiled in the world's conflicts, and he's 
thus far, he's stuck to his guns. He's he he doesn't think highly of himself or his like, but he wants to do he wants to do what's right. Delita, on the other hand, has seen the world for what it. They've both seen the world for what it is, but Delita's reaction is much more. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take this and change it through whatever means necessary. And I don't know. Following him is is watching him like make all these decisions and play all these different political all these different parties he's really really interesting also are those Texans where you play as him are those new to War of the Lions yes or not yes so there's a number of added scenes in chapters 2 and 3 battles even that aren't in the original so Marcos you haven't seen this or you you played the War of the Lions version at all I forget I played it for a couple hours. You're going to have to... Uh, okay. You have drops of science here. Oh, yeah. So, um... Drops there's... Drops of science. <laughs> when I drop some learning on you... Um, there's Continue next... Caitlin. There are a couple of extra scenes in Chapter 2. One that's actually really useful because it explains why... How Wygraf joined the Knights Templar. Because in the original, he just shows up at Orban. And you're like... Oh, that's good. Whoa! What are you doing here? But there's actually a scene showing him getting approached by their members and joining with them. There are a couple of extra battles where you have to play White Knight as Delita and protect Ovelia, and mm, I don't like them. They feel pretty token. Like, they're really easy. They are so... Because Delita is really overpowered. He has a bunch of different knight skills, not just holy knight skills, but a few others too, and so he's a little, or he has the Holy Knight skills and he's just really overpowered. I, I feel like I like the scenes where they're talking. I don't like the battles where your goal is to protect Ovelia because that's pretty much her in every battle where she takes place. Your goal is to protect Ovelia and uh, I don't like it. <laughs> I didn't miss anything, huh? Well, they're, so- they're nice little added scenes. Um, and there are more of them in Chapter 4 that we'll, we'll see. There's a whole bunch of extra stuff in Chapter 4. Um, I, I definitely feel like it's enough added value to say if you didn't play, if you only played the original and you're thinking about getting more of the Lions, there's enough added content, I think, on top of like the improvements to the translation and the, uh, the cutscenes that they added in to say, yeah, this is worth you know, double-dipping or rebuying if you, you know, don't have the original copy anymore. So I have two big questions. I'm going to start with the first really easy one. I think I know the answer, but why don't you like protecting Ophelia? Um, I'm going to get, I might get attacked uh, for saying this. It's kind of a feminist perspective in that. I, I assume that's what it was. Okay. It's that by and large, Ophelia and Alma exist to be either protected by a man or the goal to which you are striving for. Chapter two is all about chasing Ovelia, trying to protect her. You lose her once, try to find her again. And then chapter three, the, it shifts to Alma. And now Alma is the, the kidnapped girl. And the rest, you know, the rest of the game is basically trying to find and save Alma. And they lose so much, uh, uh, what's the word? They lose so much agency. agency. Yeah. By having it happen to them. I mean, Ovelia, you at least get to see throughout the story and how she's reacting to Delita, but by and large, she's just going along with it. She has doesn't really have any uh, chance to take her fate into her own hands. She's just 
being used. It's weird because Ovelia's role in the story is that she's being used. She's she's a puppet for someone's right of secession to the throne. Yeah. And to the point that then this is a, this is getting into spoilers, but it's retro encounter, so you knew that coming in. Oh. Um. Uh, where she's she's not even the real princess. She's they don't even they don't know like I I don't know if they reveal the details of her birth later on, but she's she's like a body double or whatever. So. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to go a step further, Caitlin, and say that the, basically, it's for sure up through chapter three, basically every, every motivation is surrounded by uh, some sort of female either being injured or kidnapped. Because you look at, uh, I can't pronounce her name, but Titra. Titra, yeah. Titra, yeah. That, that is, Delita's whole basically life is around that. You look at Wygraph with Maluda. Yeah. I mean, again, that that's again that his sole focus again is surrounding a female that was in distress or, in this case, killed, um, and that that is their trope they go to every time that somebody needs some sort of motivation. There is a female that is either kidnapped or you're going to rescue. Yeah, well, and I mean, don't I? I love this game. I love it. It's it's definitely up in my my top three Final Fantasy games. I don't mean to say that. I hate it because of it. When I first played it, none of these things occurred to me. But as I've gotten older and I've, I've you know, uh, been, you know, experienced more of these issues and had, you know, uh, debates with people and, you know, just in general, everyone's talking more and more about these issues. They become a little bit more apparent on a, uh, another playthrough, uh, how much they're just relying on the trope of the the fridged woman or the damsel in distress, you know, however, whatever name you want to use for the trope, it's there and it gets used a little bit too much. And these new battles where, you, where you're protecting Ovelia, I just feel like they're kind of hammering it a little too uh, too far there. So, no, I, I absolutely wholeheartedly agree. It's, mm-hmm. it, it was one of those things I did not notice it at all the first time I went through. I think I did a little bit like, oh, this person keeps getting kidnapped, ha ha ha. And now being a much more mature adult, it, it comes across in a very different manner. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so maybe we should uh, subtitle uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, uh, My Little Sister Can't Be This Dead. <laughs> Final Fantasy Tactics, The War of Dead Sisters. Oh, won't won't. I mean, that's uh, more or less what's happening with uh, Ramza. He's trying to save his sister, like, the whole time. Yeah, Ramza. Poor guy. So, beyond his sister, what is he doing? Like, so, let's, let's, let's play an honest, just true, real talk conversation. If you found out that both your siblings were doing this, would you support them? Absolutely not. Nope. Marcos? Nah. Uh, nah. I mean, like, Dysonberg? I don't like that name. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't support that kind of name. So it's, it's literally one of those, screw you, I don't like your name? I so, mean, if it was like some like Wolfgang, you might have me. So here's kind of where I kind of fall with this. Uh, his brothers are shite. Let's just let's say what it is. Um, but I feel like he should side with somebody. He he has the choice basically to side with his brothers or in essence kind of Delita as well. Although Delita, I still to this day don't understand why Delita freaks out on Ramza. I don't get that at, at the end of the first chapter. Um, but like he 
he has all these paths of groups that he can join up with, and he kind of paves his whole his own way the whole time. And it, his motivation beyond when he's trying to save his sister has always kind of confused me. I think it's more that he's he's an idealist. And he doesn't want to go with and he doesn't want to side with any of them. And so how I view it is he looks at everybody else and he's like, all of you are wrong. All of you are evil. I'm going to stand up here and judge everybody. And then he's, he tries to make everything better. But in some ways, him trying actually, in some cases, actually makes it worse. The way he's been wording it is that, like, uns- the whole unseen forces are guiding them. Them That they aren't the true enemy has kind of been his, his logic throughout this. Like, he's kind of almost like he's going back and he's going back and forth just trying to figure out what's going on behind the war of the lines and so for me this is where i I think i'd fall different than you guys um yeah um but i i I kind of equate it to the walking dead to quote another tv show but at some point when you look around the world and you see that everybody else around you is a zombie you have to change how you view the world. And no matter how altruistic you're trying to be, the world doesn't support that. You can't be that person anymore. And you have to adapt. And and I view Ramza in this, in most parts of this game, he's viewing the world in the way that he wants it to be, but that's not the world. And that's, I, something, that, that's something that gets told to him repeatedly, like at the end of chapter 2 when you have to fight Gafgarian. Like, Afgarian basically flat out tells you him, you're a naive child, this is not how the world is. And that, and that even the beginning of chapter two with, with Gafgarian, like, that, that, repeatedly, it just kind of looks at him as like, you, you're making, you're making in real life the right decision, but in, how, like, morals and values, ethics, you're making the right decision. But you're not making the right decision, I think, for the world that you live in. But maybe that's that's kind of the point of his character is that he's like the just man in an unjust world. No, I absolutely agree. Yeah, he is he is the player character. You can he's not always Ramza. You can name him whatever you want. So he is in, in a lot of ways meant to be the avatar. He has his own point of view. You can't necessarily always you know treat him like a persona protagonist. But um, he does. Social link. <laughs> that would be an interesting. Um, uh, crossover there would be Persona and Tactics. I would play that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Shoot some stuff with the Mithril gun. I like that. <laughs> I mean, I think to a certain extent, Ramza, again, tropes falls into that he's the player, he's the hero, he's supposed to be this sort of naive, idealistic character because we have to have a hero that we root for and more cynical underhanded characters like his brothers, like Gavgarian, aren't necessarily rootable. I mean, we may like those characters. I think Dice Star is one of the best villains in the Final Fantasy series just because of how underhanded he is and doing all kinds of crap behind the scenes. But would I root for him? No. I can root for Ramza because he has the right idea at heart, even if he doesn't quite realize that the world doesn't work that way. Mm. That's what I like about uh, Ramza. He has this like childlike innocence about him to make the right decisions. Like he has to be tainted, you know. Like he's kind of an idiot. Like to- or more just he's ignorant towards like the world and how it really works. So he's not uh 
like uh, I guess influenced by that uh, kind of uh, immorality. That's why he's able to make decisions uh, that he does because he hasn't uh, he has I guess made it himself. And that I guess that comes with uh, the whole being used kind of deal. Why Delita like broke off with uh, Ramza because he felt he was being used or whatever. Right. And that and that's also kind of how Delita ends up using Ramza to a degree. Yes, I find that that's that's a nice little irony that they slipped into there uh, between Ramza and Delita. Delita being so, I mean, the point of contention in the end of chapter one was all about the haves using the have-nots, and then what does Delita turn around and do? He starts using people left and right, including his supposed best friend. Ultimately, I think one of my favorite things about the game as a whole is how the two of them foil off each other. Yes. It is absolutely brilliant. That that time and time again when I see little scenes, that is my favorite part. So Yeah, for sure. So moving on to kind of this is where, oh, you, you guys mentioned the team. Uh, I I know everybody wants to know how are you building your super team? Uh, so I just finished doing Steven's monk build. So Ramza is a double-punching, blade-grasping, unkillable, one-shot-everything monster at this point. And I'm curious to see how long that's going to last, but it does feel kind of good. So my team right now, and this might also explain why this is going so poorly for me. And by poorly, I mean fantastic. Uh, I'm using only generic people, and all five of them are uh, they're either ninja with brawler or they're dual-wielding monks. And I am destroying life. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I roll with basically all five of them like that, and then I will, uh, when I want to get up a class, I'm slowly alternating around. And just picking up kind of side things. I'm actually pretty close to uh, Ramza being a Dark Knight. Oh man, I'm still so far away. He's he's mastered Knight, and I've gotten him a couple levels up on Black Mage, but I'm having to field entire parties of monks and thieves to get him spillover JP to get those classes up because I can't do it normally. It, it won't happen. I'm already I'm already at chapter four. It's not gonna happen. Um, but Agrius will, it's fine, because Agrius will be my, you know, super awesome, uh, kill everything, and can never die person. So that's, that's actually just great. I have not used her at all. That's my goal for the next podcast, is to get her all the way up. I, I liked, Caitlin, how you kind of explained how to build her. Yes, should I, should I reiterate my recipe for the, an awesome, badass uh, bad Agrius? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. So basically, I give her... She, she learns all her Holy Knight skills. The the end idea is that she'll be on Holy Knight once I have all the other classes where I want them. Get her move plus two from Thief. Get her dual wield from Ninja. Train her in Samurai skills. She has all the draw-out skills. Give her, you know, Blade Grasp or Counter, something useful as a counter skill. And then... Turn her back into Holy Knight. She gets Orlando's Excalibur and uh, Melia Duel's Save the Queen. 
You give her the accessory that I think you steal from Amelia Duel, which gives her a permanent regen re-raise. So she has haste, she has uh, protect, she has regen re-raise, and she has two very powerful knight swords. She can buff people, she can attack from a range, whole different things. She becomes a monster, a beast. That's my recipe for the best Agrius of all time. <laughs> That's great. But, uh, aside from my super monk, the rest of my party is um, story characters, summoners, and dragoons. Okay. Hmm, summoners. That's interesting. I hate the summoner class. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. God, I love them. They're the only. They're like the the black magic. Because I have one who's one who specializes in time magic. One who specializes in black magic as their like subcategory. But then summons are the only like their attacks that don't hit their area of effect attacks that don't hit your own guys. So I don't know. I think they're really useful. If you punch somebody in the back, it doesn't hit anybody on your team either. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Helps, that helps too, but sometimes it's nice <laughs> to lay the groundwork and summon Efreeze and burn your enemies to cinders. Fair enough. <laughs> and dragoons are just really fun because they yes. can get around everywhere. Yeah, the getting the geomancer to eight is the hardest step for me to get. Uh, Dark Knight always that like kills me every time. Really? Yeah. I mean, I guess like uh. Like I said, I, I grinded at the very beginning of the game, like probably like eight, ten hours. Um, it, it, I guess I just have the patience to do that without really thinking about it. And I mean, like I already said what my team was: uh, two chemists that can fly, uh, blade grasp, and uh, they're equipped with guns. So they're run, running around and they can dance, doing nameless dance, uh, doing static status effects, and I have. Two ninjas running around with blade grasp and cutting things to shreds. One of them with uh, knight skills to power break and power down people. And Rams as my my ninja thief to, to go steal armor and weapons before uh, anyone can make use of them. That that's actually one of the things that is really too bad about the time frame for this podcast. Um, I, I do remember when I first went through this. There was there's just elements of the game I. I didn't understand or I didn't fully respect, I guess. And the idea as a knight to run to different things, as a thief to steal things, it, it is legitimately something I do not do. Um, and I didn't do it the first time because I didn't understand. I didn't, it didn't cross my mind, and this time I just don't have the time for it. I never use knight skills myself. Um, I'd only use thief skills to steal rare equipment in story battles that I had to have. Um, <laughs> like... Back when you could steal the Genji armor from Elmdor, and that's a that's in chapter four, but um, or like a rare accessories and things like that. Yeah, like it's funny because I think about the assassins fight, like uh, right in the top of that uh, castle. Oh. Like, uh, you know what's really funny? Um, like I said, like in the previous podcast, one of my uh, ninjas has ignore height, and I ended <laughs> the battle in the first round. I jumped over like the top of the tower. Went behind one of the assassins and nailed it for three twenty. I, and, and I the, hate you. <laughs> I was like, I don't want this armor. I don't want this trouble. Rafa's gonna get herself killed, so I better end this now. I had to do that fight three times because the first two times the exact same thing happened. She was stupid and attacked one of them, got stopped, and then she died before any one of my team got a move. And I, uh, yep. I hate that fight. Yep. 
when I first played that fight, no, that was the same thing. I, I was like, Rafa, what are you doing? Stop running towards them. Run towards me. <laughs> well, apparently a pro tip is to unequip armor on your people. Make them, you know, naked so that the assassins will go after your guys and you have enough time to kill them before they kill Rafa. So, um, yeah, I, I hate that fight. Yes, I, I knew just to go into with Ignore Height and uh, just double chop one of them in the back. Well, speaking of that, the fight before it is also really difficult. And yes. I'd always heard, you know, back when I'd even been playing it, that you could basically make Ramza speed himself up so that he gets like a bunch of different turns before Wygraf can move. And I'd never done it before. I did it for this podcast. I did the tailwind trick for this podcast to experience it and also because I tried it normally the first time and got my ass whooped, so. It's fantastic, isn't it? <laughs> I, that's, I do tailwind and first strike on everything. It's like, oh, this feels so good. I felt like I was cheating, though. It's so, now you understand what, that perfectly sums up why I'm frustrated about things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm succeeding. I'm doing this, too good of a job. This game has an inverse difficulty curve. It starts off ludicrously difficult, and then, like, by the midpoint, you have the tools to make yourself a god among men. Yeah, you just yeah. destroy. You just wreck through everything. I'm I am literally almost on that fight right now, actually. I have to mm. kill. I'm looking forward can... to getting live reactions. Uh, We'll, yeah, see you... if I, we'll see if I can make it in time right now. Play faster, jeez. I can't, you can't skip anything in this game. Like, I want, like, an option to fast forward everyone slow down spell animations. So, okay, complete side note, kind of, not really. Um, like, on the boards, and everybody's talking about having separate save files. Are you guys actually doing that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I know from experience where there are series of three battles with no chance to back out, like Orban and Rio Veins, so I always make sure I have a save before I go there. Um, I haven't had to go back to a previous save because I, I've always been able to figure something out, but oh man, I was underleveled for the white graph fight at Orban, and I thought for a split second I was going to have to back out and do the first two fights again, or... Yeah, first two fights again, just because I was like, I don't know how I can beat this. And I, I did not at all. The I remember I did not do this at, the first time I played through. And I actually have physical proof. I have one save. <laughs> it's an 86 Dark Knight. And that that is my first game. Um, and uh, with like 92 hours, something absurd. Um, but I I don't do that at all. It's, it's something that doesn't cross my mind to do multiple saves. But I'm sure at some point it will kill my soul. <laughs> um, I, I usually don't. I'm making an exception for this game. Uh, I mean, I only done, like, extra saves just so, so if I wanted to go back to see a story again, um, that's what I would do. Like, again, I've already went through this game, so I know where the uh, major story battles are going to happen. Uh, or the, was it, like, uh, maps where there's no turning back. Like, once you do this, you can't go back. Mm -hmm. So I just do it because I kind of want to have, like, cut scenes ready in case I want to record them or if I want to take pictures of it. 
So it's more for just, uh, I guess, for tools' sakes. Uh, but in other games, though, that's a different story. My memory's a little rusty. Could you not rewatch cutscenes uh, in the original? You can rewatch them. Uh, granted, uh, like there's other things that I would have liked to do, like uh, whether it's like side quests or I don't know, just play better. <laughs> like I know there are some fights I wish I could have stole armor, and I would try to see how I could do that uh, without killing myself. Generally. Ramza had to die. I would not get the item. But he would die. Well, oh, I, like I have a story to tell. Several times, I think in chapter two, Ramza would get charmed by a thief, and he oh. would waste all of his turns and my Phoenix Downs reviving people. Oh wait, is this during that um that fight with um was it like uh, Orlando's uh, nephew or something like that? Uh. I know there's like two female uh, thieves that like charm uh, characters. I remember uh, having to deal with that garbage. It happened for sure in the second daughter fight at the beginning of chapter two, and I I remember being so pissed off. I was like, "I'm going to have to kill you, Ramza, so you will stop <laughs> wasting my Phoenix Downs, which I don't have a ton of because I don't have a lot of money. So you will stop rezzing people that I have to kill again." Urgh. I actually did that. So they charmed. Uh... One of my random, I think her name's Teresa or something. And so she started pissing me off, so I, I had to kill her. <laughs> I mean, brought her down the crystal, took her abilities. I mean, that was it. No, I I, I killed her, and then I destroyed everybody else before any, any more damage could be done. But it was it had to be done. That <laughs> no, happens. I've had to do that, too. She had it coming. <laughs> but yeah, that's she, the... she just started doing crazy stuff. I was like, what do you... Cause uh, yeah, no, she, I am. She had it coming, and it's crazy. Like uh, for my characters, when they get charmed, it kills me, like literally and figuratively, because uh, they have blade grasp. So I'm trying to hit them, and they're catching the swords every time. <laughs> so when I see a double-handed uh, like sword thrust, and they're just catching it, like one, two, I'm like, I'm dead. Yeah, yeah. The that probably is the most annoying thing out of the whole game is being charmed. Yeah. My, um, um, Chocobo, uh, Chocobos in their healing is also annoying. Oh, or Chocobos in your party, and all of a sudden you come back to the game and there's 20 Chocobos yes! in Yes! Your... <laughs> what is that? What are they... Is, how, better question? How is one Chocobo by itself making all the Chocobos? That's what I want to know. I think, I think Boko is sneaking out when you're not in battle and finding other wild chocobos and getting them laid. That chocobo goes nuts. Well, one one, one in-game day passes every time you move to a different tile. So yeah, theoretically speaking, every night when your party's making camp, Boko's going around and... Making with who? Is Ramza, is Ramza sneaking off with Boko? What, what's going on there? <laughs> yes, he's oh. actually driving Boko and, to females. Better question, Boko's a guy, right? I think. How is he laying eggs? Maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe Chocobo's, maybe both maybe of them. He, I don't know. It's video game logic at its finest. It makes no sense to me. Ooh, so Lich, Lich's, Lich's animation is awesome. <laughs> Sorry. My summon, my summoner just killed the last enemy in this one battle, so. Nice. 
can't believe you guys don't like summoners. These guys are awesome. They're the worst. Uh, well, They're like the only know. magic user in this game I like. I'd rather my characters be toads than be a summoner. <laughs> I feel like they burn through their MP too fast. They're squishy. And, well, especially in War of the Lions, the slowdown during a summon is atrocious, so... That's that's true. I, they, they do have their drawbacks. I just like that I've basically that I can I've made them like, like I said, one's a time mage too, so they kind of have like that a backup utility, and they can also break out the big guns if they need to. But you said slowdown, as in like lag. Oh yeah, the the spell animations in War of the Lions have a lot of lag behind them. Yeah, they're really bad. <laughs> yeah. I don't it's see a, any of that. It's a it's a it's a it's a problem with the port. Okay. Problem or wonderful. Well, I mean, you get used to it, but... I, so I'm playing on my PSP, so I always know it's coming, so all of a sudden you hear it just spin up. I'm like, I'm like, oh, here it comes. Here's the slowdown. I'm, play I'm playing it on Vita, and I don't know why the digital version doesn't fix that. It's still spinning the disc somewhere. Well, it was a coding <laughs> problem. It wasn't right. a problem on the UMD. It was the way they coded the game, so... Yeah. Which they they quote unquote fixed on iOS, but they basically just fixed it by speeding things up. So it's charming. <laughs> yeah, that's one of this. Well, speaking <laughs> of chocobos, um, I have one of every color in my party, but I never use them. Um, Does one of them have Choco Meteor? I think the red ones do. Oh, I love that move. So. Am I a bad person for kicking chocobos out of my party? Nah, nope. I took out all of them. I, I, I feel I, I feel like a bad person. Nah, I release them all. Well, if you're not careful, they'll breed so much that you don't have room for the unique characters that I you know. do want in your party. I, I mean, know, like, but you read their little descriptions and they're like, its eyes are filled with sadness. Or well, it may wanna, be, and I'm just like, I'm a pet person. So you want to like, go, oh. go through that episode of like Star Trek, The Trouble with Tribble? Oh! Yeah, that, I'm pretty sure that is the Final Fantasy Tactics experience. Chocobos are Tribbles. <laughs> Imagine if, if Tribbles could do Choco Meteor. <laughs> oh my god, the, the Enterprise crew would be doomed. <laughs> it's like uh, ten times worse as uh, Sephiroth summoning a meteor. Spock, what the Tribbles, they're... They're... They're Shatnering. <laughs> oh my god. So uh, that kind of brings up a question: How how many of you are actually having non-named characters in your party? At this point in the game, I don't have enough named characters to fill my party, so I have like I usually have one one to fill in. But what do you mean by not named? Not real people. Oh, uh, a gener no. generic unit. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you mean like the randoms that you get at the beginning? Yeah. Non-story non characters. Yeah. Like, even even Lad or Lot or whatever his name is, he's he's not a real person. I hate that guy. I delete him. <laughs> oh, my Lad's a Dragoon. And if it wasn't oh, for... Or my other party members. If it wasn't for Alicia and the other girl having to be there for the birthday party, spoiler. Um, They're Dragoons too. They oh, they They... They wouldn't. They they still chill as like level sevens because they're not real. I don't use them. I I do use some of my randoms. I always use. I pick certain characters. Like I pick one guy to be a black mage, and then I have a couple girls who go ninja and dragoon, 
and they're usually mainstays until possibly late game if I feel like using yeah. Orlando, which I don't normally because I think he makes the game too easy. But him and Sid make it just auto win. Which makes it weird that I want to make Agrius into you know auto win, but I don't mind it because Agrius. Because it's, yeah. okay. it's okay then. Yeah, so I, I typically only use the uh, the story characters, named characters. Um, but this far in this playthrough, I've only used the generic people, and it's the generic people I actually started with. Um, I didn't even do the whole like, hey, let's go to the inn and find really good stat people. I just picked the best from that started with the game, and I've stuck with them the whole time, which makes it much more difficult. And but it's it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this time around, um, I'm using only generics. I hired two of them, and two the other two was uh, started off uh, the game with. Um, was it? They're both... Uh, two of them are named Carlson. Uh, <laughs> Corinne. I mean, Carlson is the one that KO'd that assassin, so I, I don't touch him. Please, He's please, charmed. I put him away. Please tell me that you have someone named Peters, because you have to have Carlson and Peters. I See, I didn't think about that at the time when I was uh, hiring the units. So I just chose random, uh, like, uh, people's names on the forums. And, like, I was just looking at my phone, and I was like, all right, who do we got? Uh, I saw Mike Sabalto. I'm like, all right, Sabalto. And, um, and then I saw, uh, let's say, uh, it was Dice. And I was like, all right, I'll use Dice. <laughs> and I was like, no one's else. Everyone's fired. I, I, I stripped I saw, armor and cut them out. I saw and your picture the, of Dice, only, the character. Yeah. Uh, great chemist. Great dancer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Uh, it, no, uh, that character and Corinne just friggin' it's hilarious. I, lo I love just sending them off uh, dancing because it just turns everyone into frogs and stops them. No, but uh, if I ever do any use any name characters in this run, it, it'd probably be only Worker 8 or Construct 8. Yeah, he's really cool. He is. I just... I mean, he's just fun. That's about it. <laughs> he's just really cool looking and he just shoots out lasers. I think the Dispose. I love the scene when you finally get him, which is a spoiler, kind of, because we haven't gotten there yet, but... Yeah. Oh, I'm, I am starting the Wegraf duel now. Ooh. Yes! I'm Ooh. so excited to hear you get oh. upset. Can we live this? I am about to start spamming Tailwind. Oh, you're doing the speed trick. Well done. Well just, played. Um, just Thank don't... you for telling me... Thank you for telling me the secret earlier in this episode. Yes. Just, uh... <laughs> Alright, now, now run. Don't, don't <laughs> die, because if you die when you're sped up, you'll crystallize before you get a chance to res him. I, I, which I learned the hard way. I was like, what?! Wait, wait, wait. So, what is Tailwind? Is that... Yell? Increases his speed. So, is that yell? What, what would be yell in, uh... In the PS version? I think so. Yeah, it's like yell or scream or something like that in the PS version. It raises yeah. your speed by one. Yeah. 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 Okay, it's a squire skill. Okay, yeah. So I know what you're talking about. That's good. I mean, I'm a little side back. I kind of want to live stream this. Live stream from Avita? Yeah, sure. Um, so while we're talking about tricks, um, and it sounds like nobody did do this, uh, did anybody do the toad? Uh, cheat to get your levels all the way up. No. Toad cheat? What's that? So you cast Toad on everything. And so that you basically do no damage. 
and so you then just attack as toads? Nah, I did something a little bit more easier um, than try to learn toad. I just got a, a bunch of, um, what's it called? A bunch of, I, I had everyone with some monk skills and chakra, and I had them all next to each other, hitting each other and using chakra uh, at the same time. So they would heal themselves and attack, heal themselves and attack, and so on. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's a really crappy thing to do, um, but it works really, really well. Um, well, I guess the other you, one is you have to get to level ninety nine before you finish the game, which I never managed to. Yeah, it it works really well. Like you can get a boatload of SP really quick, or JP, SP, whatever. JP. Yeah, yeah, you can get a bunch of JP really quick. Um, or you can just set it like I do on random battles and berserk, and it does the same thing. You don't feel as terrible about yourself. <laughs> um, how's the battle going, Peter? Oh well, how do you how do you get out of range with this guy? You kill him before he can attack you. Well, that's really helpful. Right now. <laughs> I mean, you could do my approach. Uh, I went. I was very aggressive, and I ran to him with a dual-wielding Ramza and just knocked his clock out. Yep. See? You kill him before he can hurt you. <laughs> yep, I'm, I'm looking to do that. I'm Right now, I think I get two turns in a row, so I'm going to go for it. But So the other thing you can do is you do the first first strike, and so you turn your back to him after increasing your speed. And then when he attacks, you cancel his attack out. And then he doesn't ever really attack. Because then he'll run away, and then you run next to him and stand next to him. and Boom! Sorry. You can also equip a rogue that uh, absorbs holy, and he won't use his knight skills on you. Oh, nice. I forget what the name of the rogue is, but and it's, it's a glitch because holy knight skills... Spike being called Holy Knight, don't actually Aren't use... Actually. Yeah. Right. But the he game thinks away. it does, so he won't use them. He just ran away. Jerk. He likes to do that. Um, so I actually have an honest question about some of the, uh, the jobs. So basically, Mystic, Arithmetician, um, Dancer, Bard, Mime, I have never touched. Yep, same. Mystics are useless. So, uh, what's in my humble opinion? Orators. Uh, they're the stepping stone to or orators. Yeah. They the, they have like the skills where they're like, uh, what they they like debuff enemies. Oh wait, are they the ones with the rods? E yeah, I think so. Yeah. They wear black hats. They wear whatever you want them to wear. <laughs> Uh, that is graphic? helpful. That's, every one of my answers for everything is always super sarcastic. <laughs> mean, meanwhile, meanwhile, meanwhile Wigriff just turned into a demon goat, Donald Trump's cousin, and he's yeah. It's the people that wear black hats. Uh, they They're were oracles. they were oracles in the original. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I never use these guys. So as kind of a rule. For me, for RPGs, I don't do any buffs ever. I go all attack all the time. I don't defend. I don't slow down. So for a lot of a lot of these, like kind of for the 
well, the chart I'm looking at, the whole right side, or the, like basically the chemistry, with the exception of Black Mage, I don't touch any of that. Um, whereas everything on, for me again, left side, where you go through the Squire of the Knights, you go through Monks, Ninjas, all of those, since they're actually action jobs, I find those much more interesting. I tend to be the same. Um, I definitely do chemistry and black mage. And white mage can be useful, but I find mage healers less than helpful in a lot of the game. So I don't tend to specialize in them. Most of my people are on the left side, on the physical side of things. Um, I don't know. Magic can be helpful in certain circumstances, and it's really overpowered in the first half of the game when you don't have access to the higher classes, but I usually find that by the time I can have Dragoons and Ninjas and Samurai out there, they're doing just as much damage, possibly faster because they don't have cast times, um, and items... Everyone at this point in my crew has access to like at least High Potion or X Potion and Phoenix Down, so healing is not really an issue. Right, that's how it is for me too. And then, I mean, most of the time I'm ending the battle before I have to do that anyway. So even if somebody goes down, I'm able to still kind of dominate before they're going to turn into a crystal. Yeah. Um, but on the few times that it, it does become an issue, they they run away and they have such good range they can get away from everything. And then they're either doing chakra, which basically doesn't heal at all. It's not even worthwhile, but it's enough. Or they're throwing some sort of potion. Are you doing any sort of like the life font or uh, auto potions? Uh, no, I do not usually touch those skills. Uh, I don't find, to me personally, um, the movement section, I exclusively reserved for move plus one or move plus two, or if I want to have a treasure hunter um, in the uh, bonus dungeon area, I use that. But otherwise, I don't tend to use that, that slot for anything. Um, auto potion, if I had a lot of money to keep buying all the potions I need at any point in the game, maybe, but I usually find other reaction skills are more helpful like skills that help you avoid damage in the first place or deal damage back and saving you a turn. So. See, and that, that's what I do is I do either counter or I do first strike. Um, and then counter, when you have the your dual wielding, it just wrecks people. Because usually you ran up, you probably attacked them twice, and they attack you, and then you're attacking them twice again. And so you, most of the time, that either kills them outright or it gets them so close that you're you can easily polish them off with somebody else. Uh, so that's, I, again, I, I just kind of avoid the whole concept of ever stopping and taking a break. Yeah, I mean, for myself, I make a lucrative uh, business stealing armor and weapons so I can afford all potion. And it, there's going to be a point in the game, like around probably like the middle of chapter four or a little after that, I'm going to switch to all the potion because I'll have enough in stock where it'll be negligible. Uh, so when I take a big hit from, uh, like a big, like a magic attack that you can't really dodge unless you have a certain skill, um, it'll just auto potion and negate, like, a majority of that damage. Like, summons are such a pain. I hate summons when you get hit by it. So, I guess this will be a fun question. How much money does everybody have? Uh, let's, let's check my, uh, account book. I don't have my game handy at the moment, um... I have a lot. I have a lot just because um, grinding. 
I yeah. I do not have a lot. So I'm usually, I I'm usually lucky if I have enough to equip people when I get to a new city and it has, and I have new gear. I usually run out of money. So, um, which I guess, you know, that's part of the, the, the tactics and the, the difficulty, especially at the, in the beginning of the game, is not having enough money to buy what you want. So, I, I don't know what I have right now, but I do remember finishing the first chapter with 250000 So That seems legitimate. That's Ra Ra Ramza should have just been like, you know what, I know you guys are having a war. I'm going to go on a vacation. Buy like a beach house. Let me know when the battle's over. I'll come back. Hang out. Go to the party <laughs> together. They start using uh, slangs that doesn't exist in that era, like tubular dude. Yeah, ye, ye the when you done that battle calls me for my beacheth house we doeth partieth yeah something like that sounds legit <laughs> <laughs> I mean I didn't know you were speaking Josh for a second I thought I was listening to Ramza yeah so the, really Peter just turned his game up but sure we'll, we'll, I'll take credit for that <laughs> was he saying that to Wygraf yeah, uh, then he just kind of screamed in his goat voice back. Well, Graf is going full demon goat on me right now, and I don't like it. Yeah. You haven't gotten angry yet, though, which is kind of disappointing. Uh, give, give, if I if I die here, then I'll get angry, which is probably going to happen because my summoner's dead, so I'm going to want to reset. Well, the first mistake was bringing the summoner to a real fight. Hush you. Oh, <laughs> fighting gloves. <laughs> We just we just got done with the Final Fantasy Ten podcast, and I used the summoner in that too. So I don't want to hear none of that crap. I didn't use her in that either. <laughs> well, that's your mistake. <laughs> uh, well, sort of related to the money issue or money question, um, are you guys running many errands? Oh, no yes. way! No. Way. Yeah, I actually, I actually do run errands because it's really that's how that's how most of my generic get leveled up. Yeah, it's a good way to get uh, job points on characters, especially if you don't want to run them through actual battles. But some yeah, of them are hit or miss. Like, ah! I got him. Congrats! <laughs> First try. Nice. Congratulations. Yay. That's one of the hardest battles in the game. So. Marcos, you did not sound like you're happy about that at all. That was like the most forced congratulations ever. It's, it's the ending of it. You, you did good. It was like, it was like congratulations. Screw you. Well, come on. He, he wanted he wanted to hear Peter, you know, like get frustrated and, and die. So, I like so off. many of us have done. I wanted to feed off his despair. Uh, that was fantastic. Well, that that's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, no, really, it's uh, impressive. And I'll ask you if if there was going to be a point during the game that you would have quit. That was probably going to be it. Okay, sweet. Well, good to know I'm past that point in no return. Right. Uh, now, oh, now, you're, now, now you have to finish it. There are more points. Shh. I was trying to make him feel better. I'm telling it to people if, straight. If we ever if we ever do that Parasite Eve podcast, you'll probably hear me rage then because the final boss of that game pissed me off. 
So you're already claiming that you're not going to beat the game before we do a podcast? Oh, no, I'll, I'll, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll beat the game. I'm just going to spend three hours on the final boss and get really angry. Ugh. That is fight it, not fun. Isn't the whole game like ten hours? Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's where the rest of the game goes. It takes like five game. hours to get to the final boss, then the rest of it is fighting it. <laughs> Yeah, but to answer your question, Caitlin, no, I do not run errands. Um, I, I just found out, I think I ran a couple the first time through, when I, the first time I played. Um, and this time I looked at it, I was like, ah, I'd just rather just fight things out. And so I skipped it, and I found out that there's a lot of uh, gear that you can get for your characters that you can't buy yet. And so it actually helps you kind of in the combat process. Yeah, that's pretty good. So that was a little disappointing to find out. Not that it really matters, but... Are you talking about the, wait, gear? So, like, you get, uh, for completing the errands, you're given stuff, like money and whatnot? I almost always, I, I, I get usually money, or I get, like, either a discovery or an artifact. I don't, I don't remember ever getting, like, equipment that I could use. There, yes, you don't. So the walkthrough I was I was looking at there it was it was like halfway through two towards the end of two and they had made a mention to make sure to do the errands uh, before you take the boat back. Hmm. And they're saying make sure you complete those before you go there because otherwise they're going to disappear and then also make sure you collect your people because otherwise they're going to be stuck there until you come back and it's going to be a while before you get them back. And they had meant that was when they had mentioned that there was some equipment that you can get that is you can't up to this point, be able to purchase. Oh, interesting. I missed that. Yeah, it was one of those things. That it, it, it didn't really affect me. I already gone way past that point <laughs> when I read it. So I was like, oh, that would have been probably nice to know hours ago. But um, <laughs> I, I thought it was kind of interesting because that was something I didn't know. I, th I thought it solely was a money and experience type of thing. Well, the best thing about the errands is sadly not in War of the Lions. It's in the original translation, and that's when they report what they did, and you get those wonderful, wonderful lines, things like, I had a good feeling, and this is the way. Yeah, it was really bad. Like, I, I always got a kick out of that. It's like, I got a good feeling about this. Or I feel like um, he said, they say in the voice of, I got a good feeling about this. <laughs> so now we have to stop, and we have to decide who did a better voice Marcos Rye. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Marcos. Because I'm sure mine was terrible. Very humble of you. I, I know everybody's surprised that I'm being humble, but... So, we've talked a lot about voice, and it seems like a lot of people aren't the happiest with some of the voice acting, but what about the music? Oh, the music is some of the best in the series, and it's some of Sakimoto's best work, so there's like, there's nothing bad about it. Yeah, well, that's some premium, premium stuff there, man. Yeah, I mean, Sakimoto, and I mean, it's not just Sakimoto, it's also uh, Masaharu Iwata. Yep. Um, doing, but both of them are really excellent on the soundtrack, and you know, I love Sakimoto for being, you know, he loves to use theme in all soundtracks, and you can hear all of the different themes throughout so many different pieces and you know, the main theme gets used in some of the you know big uh story battles there's 
lots of little things, little t uh, uh, nods to certain riffs throughout the. It's just it's it's a great way to create a cohesive soundtrack that really kind of makes you feel like you're in a place. Uh, it makes Ivalice feel more like an actual place that has its own kind of background and history, musical style. So, ah, it's one of my favorite soundtracks in the series. I know this is probably not everybody else's favorite song, but the save screen is probably my favorite song in the game. Hmm. <laughs> it's relaxing. It makes you feel good because you just almost got killed and now you can save. So you're kind of relating it to like Resident Evil, uh, that room, like the safe room? Yeah, yeah, just like that. Yeah, like, I can see that. Oh, I made it. You made it. Ugh, you're safe. I, I, li I, like, I like the soundtrack. My only gripe is that, and this is mainly my fault because of how much. Yes, wow. that. I feel so strangely calmed. It's fantastic. Like, like my stress is gone. Exactly. Like I, I feel like I just killed a demon goat, and now I can and now I can take a nap. I feel like my taxes are paid. It's great. Oh my! Oh wow! <laughs> well, with how much money you and I are making, our taxes are going to be terrible. <laughs> I was making well, the money. Uh, I'm at 104. I just checked that right now. So 104k, or yeah, one million and four thousand. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, 104,000. Uh, what were you gonna say, Caitlin? I was gonna say that another thing that's interesting about the music is with War of the Lions and the cutscenes, they didn't. Most of them aren't using like the original music; they're using piano uh, arrangements. Like back in Chapter One, the replaying scene with Delita is a piano version of his theme, and um, there's a scene with Ovelia and Delita, which is using at least part of it as a piano version of her theme. And I thought that was a nice, classy way to use the cues, the original music, but make it feel new and different and not just rehash uh, the original soundtrack. Yeah, that's, well, that's nice. So, I was going to say first, real quick, the only, the only thing I don't like is some of the battle themes, and that's only because I hear that you in random battles you hear the same song so many times right but that's mostly my fault and then there's some battle music that i wish would play more often like the first battle in Dorter in chapter one which is yeah. seriously one of the most epic sounding pieces on the soundtrack and i don't Wait, remember if it... um can you like... sing it for us oh <laughs> you just went straight sing you didn't even say hum you just can want I, to sing? No. Can you sing it? How can I sing it? There aren't any lyrics. <laughs> sing, brothers. Sing. Vocalize the notes. Uh, Make up your own words. Oh. No! Freestyle. Ramza is my favorite. Squire and Evilise. What? <laughs> Peter officially has had the best moments of the podcast. Hands down. <laughs> So, <laughs> I don't it's even kind know what to, to say now. <laughs> oh. Ladies and gentlemen, we officially have, we don't know where to go from that. 
So I'm, I'm sorry, everyone. So <laughs> I, killed, I killed Retro Encounter. Um. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we've talked about this before. I don't typically actually have any volume up. So I I, I don't I miss basically all the battle songs. Um, the only time I turn any uh, turn it on is for the cutscenes. So I'm hearing those the piano songs that you're mentioning, Caitlin, um, which I, I I really 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 enjoy. Um, and then again, probably the only reason I enjoy the save song is I go from those cutscenes and I immediately save the game. And so that's the song I hear next. Um, but legitimately, the song that plays over and over my head, even when I'm not playing it, has been that save screen. <laughs> it's, it's been terrorizing my dreams. Oh, it's been terrorizing your dreams. I thought it was soothing. It is soothing, but then you wake up, you're like, hmm. It's like, <laughs> oh, this is, this is not how you're supposed to start a Tuesday. So you wake up in a cold sweat, huh? Well, the, I do that no matter what, so... <laughs> Now, there, now there's a song with it as well. <laughs> I'm kind of sad though because War of the Lions cut the um, the some of the intro movies from the title screen when you don't start or continue a game, and they had some really yeah like the one that shows you an introduction for all the classes that goes through all each class and shows you a little bit about what they do. Um, that, that's not in War of the Lions. You can't see them. It's only in the original. And there was some really good music in those openings. So, so that, that actually reminds me of something. I, I haven't mean to ask. Um, it's hard because I know Marcos hasn't played a lot, so I, I think we have to rely on you, Caitlin. Um, I look at some of the cutscenes, and they do a fantastic job explaining what's going on in the story. There's this great interaction. And they, they sum up everything that's going on, what's about to happen, and then they cut, and they go to the regular, like sprites and they have like a two second dialogue do they cut some of the dialogue from the sprites to make room for those cutscenes? because if i was only watching the sprites talk i think i'd be much more lost on what was going on in the story and also feel less fulfilled um i think i don't know that they're cutting dialogue they're just taking the dialogue that was originally in the sprites and putting it in the cutscene. Okay, because there there does definitely seems times like sprites repeat what you just watched in a very small. So I could see where it'd be just the same thing. Like, is there one you're thinking about in particular? Um, I, I have an example. Okay, uh, awesome. When when De, when when Delita talks to you at the waterfall uh, in chapter two. Yes, that, okay. that was one of them. Yes. Like they 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 do that that whole cutscene plays out and they have the whole conversation animated except at the very tail end of it where they're just like well yeah now what do we do uh, I guess we're gonna go here great yeah that's that's pretty much the cutscene just takes what they said in the original cutscene and then the end of it um, to my to my reckoning from what I can recall they didn't cut anything out they just put most of it in the cutscene. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that a lot of that, the gist of the conversation for the cutscenes were present in the original game, because that would actually, in my mind, really hurt the original if it wasn't, it didn't have some of these interactions present. Oh yeah, so far from what I remember, the cutscenes are, they're, I mean, they're, it's a new translation, so it's, it's not always easy, easy to do a one-to-one -one comparison, but they're getting the basic gist of it, like, you know, 
back in chapter one with the replaying scene, Delia talks about he can't, he couldn't be a general if he willed it hard enough. But that is in the original scene. Okay. Yeah, because there's times that like you'll have these, which still the the cutscenes are amazing. They're absolutely gorgeous. So well animated. Yeah. But you'll have these these really good back and forths, and they'll cut to the sprites and be like, "Yeah, so we should go." Like, "Yeah, let's go." And then it cuts to black, and it's like, I really hope that wasn't what they talked about in the original. Because that would be really, really disappointing. So, okay, good. That, that makes me feel a lot better. Because um, still, yeah. I, uh, the, and I've ruined it for myself, at least thus far, with some of the combat. But it's still, I think the combat's masterful. But the, the story is still, I think, the number one reason why this game is so memorable. And so any any t- any way that it's not being portrayed in the original would have kind of been disappointing for me. I um, I feel like the the new translation really helps in that that avenue. Like it's obviously a great translation just to have and to make things a bit clearer and maybe less hokey. Like you know, no more I'm protecting Agrius, Geronimo, whatever that crazy stuff was. Um, but I think it also, especially with this being set in Ivalice and it having a more serious political intrigue theme to it, the translation of War of Alliance really helps to set the story and set the, the location, the scene. Um, so, I mean, again, like I said, you know, if you never played the original, don't feel like you have to play the original first. War of Alliance is perfect uh, outside of, you know, the slowdown issue. It's It's in my opinion, the, the optimal way to experience the game. And, you know, if you played the original and you never played War of the Lions, it's definitely worth picking up. That's my, you know, my little promotional, go buy this game, spiel. Yeah, and I think that's actually, in a lot of ways, a perfect way to kind of sum up the conversation for today. It's, it's really good. Um, so unless everybody has, if, if anybody has kind of like closing things they want to talk about that we haven't touched on yet. Oh, one thing I wanted to talk about. Do any of you plan on using Rafa and Malik? Or, oh. sorry, Rafa and Merrick? Oh. Merrick? That's, Merrick is the, the douche that you've been I, for, I i know who he is i was i was i was going to make a dumb Yu-Gi-Oh joke but <laughs> <laughs> you've somehow actually done that i think on every podcast i i'm i'm, I'm a junkie i, I love i love, i Yu-Gi-Oh owns my soul <laughs> that's actually kind of amazing i just thought of that i think you've done that multiple <laughs> times now <laughs> anyways no i'm not going to i know no way no way I always think his name's Malik, by the way, too, which I know is not even remotely close, but... Oh, it is in the original. Yeah, it's, it's oh, Rafa it? Malik, yeah. Which Malik just sounds really cool. Yeah. I I think Rafa, or whatever her name is, is interesting from a story perspective, because she probably has the mo- the darkest backstory in Final Fantasy. Yeah, like, it's... Period. That is... That That always surprises me. I remember being super surprised, and I remember reading some stuff when we were getting ready for the podcast, and that kind of like jogged my memory, and I was shocked. And even playing through it, uh, and already know it was coming, it still caught me off guard. Yeah, and they do a really good job in the script of having her bring it up without directly stating 
I mean, they directly talk about how Barrington destroyed their their village and killed their parents, but they also, you know, decidedly tell you, but not obviously say she was raped. And yeah, that's. And that's just for final for 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 even not just for Final Fantasy for JRPGs in general for video games. That's that's a that is a subject that does not very often get handled with care. No. And also to do a callback to the Final Fantasy X episode uh, episodes, they time the delivery of that spectacularly. Um, I think it's one of those things that how it's delivered, both with care, but I also think it's delivered so it's very powerful. Yeah, I agree. It's just a shame, though, that they have such cool job names. Sky, what, Netherseer and Skyseer or whatnot. I forget what it was in the original. And I like them, and I always keep them in my in my crew, but I never use them, at least not on the original jobs, because their jobs are so useless. It's like so, it's the most random of all random elements you could have uh, in yeah, a game. Yeah, their name's actually pretty cool. Um, Moloch is a Hell Knight, and uh, Rafa is a... Heaven Knight. Okay. Yeah, yeah and they're they're come from coming from a group of assassins. You think they'd be actually powerful, considering how much they have some build up to how strong their powers are too. And it's like, well, I mean, they have potential, I guess. Yeah. It's just it's way too random for me to be useful. I mean, uh, other random better. things in the game are less random than their skills. So you have yeah. better, more reliable options. I mean, like, you can use one of your inbred Chocobo and they're better. <laughs> inbred, inbred Chocobo is the other episode of this type, name of this episode. Uh, <laughs> see, now, if, you know, if Rams ever got tired of being the savior of the world or didn't want to be a noble anymore, he'd just go into inbreeding Chocobos. I'm sure there's a demand for, the, for that. Chocobo farm? He and Cloud can team up and go farm chocobos. And... I mean, like, Rams's head kind of looks like a chocobo. <laughs> what? Wait, what? He, he has blonde hair, kind of like that little... He got that little spike or whatever, that little tail on top. Um, I, see, I see what to, you're saying, yeah. I'm never going to unsee that. It'd be great if the chocobo looks like he has a slick back here, like it's grease on it. So you're sticking with my theory that it's Ramza that's knocking up Boko. <laughs> I'm not denying uh, it. Um. Oh, well, that just took a turn. That's that's where we're <laughs> gonna say that this conversation took a turn. You're really gonna blame me? <laughs> yes. It's all your fault, Josh. We discussed this before the show. Ah, uh, uh, fine. Um. Does anybody else have any closing ideas, thoughts? Uh. Uh, Yasumi Matsuno, please make a sequel. Like, come back to Square and... You know what? Make a sequel where you follow the actual po uh, political drama, not the uh, demon stuff. Yeah, or that'd be just the demon stuff. Make, make a sequel. Nothing against Final Fantasy Tactics Advance or its fans, but make, make a sequel to this. Yes. Yes, please. I All can... I remember is the sequel starts with a snowball fight. I mean, yeah. that was kind of... It was. It, it, it's not bad. It's just not dark political intrigue. I couldn't get through it. I didn't get very far before I was like, uh, forget this. I'm going to play tactics again. So I stopped <laughs> because I actually used Luso. 
So Luso was really, really strong in my first playthrough. And so then to go back and have him throwing snowballs and being terrible, like, no, you're already really cool. Now you're terrible. Luso's in advance, too. I think they put him in there as, like, a promotional thing. Yeah. Isn't, yeah. like, his name Marsh or something like that? Something Marsh like that? in Tactics 1, yeah. Advanced Tactics Advance 1. Marsh, uh, uh, Nintendo character? Marth is who you're thinking of. Yeah, from Fire Emblem. <laughs> yeah, his name is Marsh. Maybe it was a bad translation. He came across Marsh at one point. I don't know. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Maybe, maybe his parents are big Fire exactly. Emblem fans. It's way too late. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sorry. When Arizona says Marsh, that's what I think of as Marsha. Which, which, interestingly enough, isn't the the world of Final Fantasy Tactics chronologically takes place after Final Fantasy twelve, right? That like, sounds yeah. right to me. Because there's some kind of like apocalypse that killed off the Moogles and like all these other things. So technically speaking, the the world that you see in the advanced games in twelve, that's all like pre-end of the world stuff and then tactics is the when the world went to shit in all fairness would it be that terrible if all the moogles died after playing 14 and doing all their moogle quests and turning this no it would not be koopo merchants koopo i wouldn't mind if the 13 moogles all got killed but i like evilies moogles they have like bunny ears yeah uh... Wait, wait, I like the Moogles in 13. Why? Like, 13, can... like, Mog? 13, yeah, like Mog. The only thing I liked about Mog is that you could throw him. Oh, I like So you, want, you wanted to abuse the Moogle, then? <laughs> in 13-2, you can throw him into a bottomless pit, and he won't respawn for a while because he's still falling, and I just did that to keep him away from me. That's <laughs> oh <my laughs> horrific! <laughs> I just want to point out that you started off by saying that I was evil, and now this has come out. <laughs> I, said that you're, I said that you're chaotic neutral. I'm I'm neutral evil. Let's let's go over. We've had inbreeding chocobos, uh, abusing moogles. Uh, what else have we had? A tactics uh, the musical. Donald Trump's overweight cousin. Yes. I just, I just want to point out that the number one concern going into the podcast was that we wouldn't swear. <laughs> I, I don't think we have to worry about that anymore after they realize what we actually talk about. So are you telling me that swearing was a filter for this? I, I think swearing was cathartic for us so that we didn't get <laughs> sidetracked. <laughs> so everybody that's listening, expect for 3-3 just for us to be sitting here swearing because then maybe we'll not talk about nonsense. We're going to fill that swear jar. They're going to have to weigh what's what's worse. Uh, swearing or the other things or it's gonna go completely to hell and we're gonna do both but then they really need to look out yeah um but obviously we don't want to talk about tactics anymore so i want to talk slightly about tactics but not fully about tactics um i get you yeah there somebody followed that um (laughs) So kind of with the recent announcement of uh, Final Fantasy VII and the remake they're doing from the ground up, I kind of wanted to discuss what we'd want from that in relation to how War of the Lions was uh, handled. Because um, that's the big kind of conversation piece is, are they going to stick true to its nature or are they going to kind of dole out bits and pieces and whatnot? I don't think they're, they're really comparable. 
at least because the because War of the Lions is, for all intents and purposes, the same game with a new translation and some added content. See, but I I, I can see a world that they do that with Seven. I don't. I I can't see them doing that with Seven. I can see them maybe keeping in some of the more weird, the more esoteric stuff from the original game. But I have a feeling with with the graphical fidelity that people are going to be expecting from this, I don't think we're going to see. I don't think it's going to be like War of the Lions at all. So, kind of my thought off of this was I could see them doing a, a realm where it's high res everything, but you're still on your kind of not grid, but like you're on that overhead view, but it's going to look beautiful. And then whereas like War of the Lions got that full cutscene overhaul. I could see that being where they really dump their creativeness in and we're relying on Advent children and annoyingness of how they do their cutscenes. I, I mean I would yeah. I would like I would like them to be faithful to the original game in the seven remake. But I I, I, I can't I, I'm keep I'm keeping my expectations in check that they're probably gonna gonna go crazy with it. I expect them to go crazy with it more than I expect them to stay true to the original or true to the, the look of the original, shall we say. Uh, I think if they went that route, if they sort of did the, we're going to sort of keep the, the viewpoint the same, but have everything just be, you know, much more uh, high res and whatnot, it would, it would disappoint people. They, they, people would say they didn't go all the way, they sort of just, you know, did it halfway and didn't really remake it. And so. they're still they're still putting the, the the PC port on PS4, so there wouldn't be any reason for them to do that if they were just gonna re if they, the remake was just gonna be that with pretty yeah. good graphics. Yeah, because they they want people. Well, ideally, I think they want plenty of people to buy both if they're mm -hmm. so inclined. And if there isn't enough of a distinction between them, then what's the point? So I, I mean, don't know. It's not it's a good question to ask, though. What we did, what we saw the teaser in E3, is that going to be cutscene material, or is that going to be more indicative of potentially real-time in-game stuff? And so, kind of where I, my my initial thought is uh, with War of the Lions, where I think actually it succeeds is because it is so beholden to the original. I mean, I, and obviously they didn't do a huge overhaul. Um, but because they kept true to the, the battle system, they, they kept true to a lot of the aesthetics. I could very easily see with seven, them dropping in a fully new battle system. Yeah. A lot of and people I think expect them to do something different. I would actually be shocked if they kept the original. I don't, I, I, I had a friend, I had a friend who freaked out when they said that they weren't going because Namura has that quote where he's like, "Oh, it would look, it would be weird if the, if we just had the same battle system." And he was like, "Final Fantasy's dead, you know, they're not going to have ATB." And I'm like, "Think about what he's actually saying there. It would look weird if they just took the same battle system and slapped it in there with a new game. They, because they'd have to redo in order to make it even look proper, you'd have to redo all the animations, and that would require you to undergo in and change all the systems at play. Like, and also." Uh... It would be weird if 13's battle system was designed in part to sort of get you to be able to do those crazy things that we saw in Advent Children. Mm -hmm. It would be weird if after doing that and then 15 is even more real-time than 13 is, 
that they would go back on a 7 remake and make it, you know, more active time valley. It would just, it would feel kind of stilted if they did it that way. No, I could, I could see them keeping it as act as, as some form of active time, but it would be a lot flashier. Yeah. I mean, technically 13 was active. Yeah. I guess I mean, I'm kind of, a, I'm kind of expecting a, a, a variant on that system. I mean, personally, I'm hoping that they just uh, dispense with that and just go with uh, turning it into like an action RPG. Oh, they did that already, and it didn't really get very good, you know, reception. I don't know. I heard that was the best game in the whole series. Which one are we talking about? Are we talking Crisis Core? (laughs) I was was... talking about Surge of Servers. That's what I was talking about too. But but then we. Oh. That was a that was a word gate. But that's not. I don't really consider that like a hack and slash kind of deal. Well, no, it's not. It's not hack and slash, but it's an action, active action RPG because you don't. Yeah. Just because you're shooting yeah. things doesn't make it not an action RPG. But, so. but we ag- ignore that and focus on Crisis Core, which is actually good. Yes, Crisis, Crisis Core was, was fantastic. Yeah. Was I, want, I kind of want an HD update of that because I don't own a PSP anymore. But that's either here nor there. I, 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 I can see them making it an action RPG. I'm not sure I would be too thrilled if they did that, but it would probably, it's probably what they're going to do. You sounded so dreaded about that. Well, I, I, I miss I, I like turn based RPGs. And so the fact that they're going to say they would do that, like, I'm, I'm not against it. I'll still play it. But but you know what? Well, game or series uh, that kind of is taking that uh, Final Fantasy or the old the traditional uh, tra- uh, approach they used to do uh, bravely default or just bravely in general. Yeah, right. Like they're they're totally doing that. Like which. I, I liked I liked that game until it became the same game twice. So, so my kind of thought on this, I guess, is and it's really conflicted because I want them to, I want this game to be a celebration of the original, and so with that, I would love if they investigated kind of the active battle, the traditional sense of Final Fantasy, and bring out the pauses of that and make it relevant today. Um, but at the, on the flip side of that, I don't think turn-based really, at least for me personally, I don't think turn-based systems work on a home console. I want that kind of plotting, I, that sounds really terrible to say, but plotting gameplay to be on a portable. I want to take a more active approach if I'm going to be sitting on a couch and staring at a big TV. I can go either way. Um, I don't think necessarily that console experience means it has to be real time. Uh, because obviously, Tactics was originally on a console, and older Final Fantasies that were turn based uh, were on consoles. And you know, what, you know what they should add to the Final Fantasy VII remake? They should they should add in an explanation for why Cloud is in Tactics. That it's a portal. A, that should be a side. That should be a side chapter. He, he, got, he got lost and he ended up in a portal. Boom. It's kind of like uh, the end of a uh, Dragon Dragoon, like uh, one of the endings. Uh, is actually like uh, it's the turns into near. Yep, <laughs> and, like that's like one of the endings in Final Fantasy VII. He ends up in uh, Evilise. <laughs> no, I slept too long. <laughs> <laughs> All I wanted to do was buy flowers. Army of Darkness references for the win. <laughs> but 
I, well, I mean, hey, if they're gonna, they're probably gonna add um, references to the other compilation stuff, like Crisis Core and Advent Children and all that. They might as well also add in an FF Tactics reference. I think that's very low on their list. <laughs> A man can dream. Yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. We'll only have to wait like what seven years. <laughs> I see it'll, what you did it'll, there. It'll come out. It'll come out before Kingdom Hearts three. Whoa, no. <laughs> Joke's no longer <laughs> funny. Because <laughs> it's probably true. No, Goofy said that it was coming out this year. Are you really gonna trust someone as the voice actor of Goofy? <laughs> you know what? Goofy got Goofy got his head hit by a rock, so. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not trusting what he says anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and that's gonna do it for the podcast. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> as always, comment on the boards. Uh, we want to hear what you're thinking on either that, or send us an email at retro at rpgfan.com. Uh, be sure to write reviews on iTunes. Give us those five stars. We really want this to get out to everybody. Um, those five stars and having the comments really, really, really help. Um, so just make your voice heard, and we'll try to get the voice out here and add to the dialogue. And uh, make sure you direct where we w- you want us to go with the future of the podcast and whatnot. Um, and then kind of as a last thought, I know everybody's always really excited for the second one of the series because they want to hear what the next game is that we are going to play. Um, so after much deliberation and arguing and whatnot, uh, the August game that we're going to be doing for Retro Counter is going to be The Last Story. Which, cue all the hatred, that is not a retro game because it's only been out for three years. Uh, we'd love for you to talk about that on the boards and I will really enjoy ignoring all those comments. So, yeah. I know it's ironic that I just told you guys to voice your opinions, but... I was going to say, I, what great incentive. <laughs> I, I, I actually, I, I'm on a team likes The Last Story, so... I'm on a team is interested but never played it, so... It's an amazing game, you have to play it. Yeah, it's I, like, in many ways, it's kind of the anti... I don't, I don't remember where I said this before. It's like the anti-Xenoblade. Oh, well then, okay, I take back what I said. Well, like, so okay, it's going to so be good, that, then. That sounds. Oh. Good. Okay. It before is Caitlin, okay, John, on like Donkey Kong. Before before Caitlin kills you. Um, she doesn't know I where mean, I live. Yay. What I mean, I just you just gave us the link to your Facebook page. I'm gonna find something. Damn. But, there were some trees. Have you seen uh, what my signature is on the boards? Oh, it's fine. You can have a signature from a terrible game. Okay, we're gonna have this discussion later. But what I meant by what I meant by that was, Xenoblade is long, is very long and very large scale and very epic in scope. Whereas the last story is about twenty hours long. It don't it takes place in one city and it's focused on very on its core character core group of characters. That's why I said like it's like a palate it's almost like a palate cleanser to Xenoblade, which I thought it was I, I related to because of the whole Operation Rainfall thing. Yeah, like and I, I I love both games. But and and I find and I find but I find them to be very interesting opposites. That that whole Operation Rainfall as a whole, beyond the quality of the games, just historically is very very interesting. Um, it's very interesting that it came out on all times the purpose of the dead console, and it's interesting that in this time that 
RPGs, which traditionally people would say, oh, this is a niche game or whatever, it revitalized the console, I feel like. Because um, nobody was talking about the Wii, and then all of a sudden these three games came out, and it's like, wow, th these are these are really good. And I, I can pick with Kaylin. I knew somebody would get pissed about that. But they are good games. Uh, there's a reason that they're already remembered fondly. Yep, and it kind of looks like um, Blade X is going to continue the trend on Wii U, because... Ugh, Nintendo. Are you going to buy a Wii U for that game? I am buying a Wii U for that game, and I will probably also get Star Fox, because I love Star Fox. Um, and Zelda Wii U, if it indeed ever comes out on Wii U. It's not coming out on Wii U. It, yeah. it, I think it's going to come on. I think it's going to come out on both. Both NX and Wii U. So it's going to be another Twilight Princess? They're yeah. going to flip the world to make it interesting? Eh. I play Twilight Princess on GameCube as it should be, but... I play it on the Wii. It's not, the, it's not bad. I just don't think I could go back because the mirrored world would screw me up. Yeah... Well, if we ever play that on Retro Encounter, that will certainly be a point of discussion. That'd mean I have to finish the Zelda game, then. Yeah. Oh, so bad. Oh, yeah, have you finished Final Fantasy X yet? Me? Yeah, you. Uh, so the only games I play is whatever we're talking about on the podcast. Okay, so that's a no? No. <laughs> um, I, I did play more after the podcast. Um, I got much deeper in it. Uh, same thoughts I had throughout the whole thing, though. It, it didn't really change my opinion. Um, and if anything, it made me stronger... have a stronger negative feeling about the ending. And how they kind of retrograde like, everything. I gotcha. So. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious. No. Yeah. I, the, these long games to get through in a month. So yeah, I, 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 I hear you. We mentioned that on the boards when it comes when it came to trails and our first like attempts to get through a game for the show kind of burned Steve Steven out. I know, and the fact that Steven does everything for the site because yeah. he's amazing. Yeah. So uh, that that's another thing that I think is really exciting about the last story. It's it's really one of those things that if anybody is playing along with us, it's something that everybody can get through relatively easy, no matter what your schedule is. Uh, which will be nice because it seems like a lot of times uh, both the people on the podcast, we get to various different lengths. And then also uh, I feel like a lot of times the people that are listening finish up when we're halfway through the next game. Um, so hopefully we can get everybody on the same page for that. Please look forward to it. Yeah, so get excited for that. Get excited to finish uh, Tactics. Uh, we'll have another podcast wrapping up everything in the coming weeks so it's all good things so everybody that is it bye guys bye adios